The house of St. Peter is um, still in existence. They built a church over it. I maybe, maybe have shared this. Uh, it's one of the weirdest constructed churches I've ever seen because it kind of looks like a spaceship. It has a number of legs that, that come out, and so the church kind of hovers over the ruins of the house, and they're relatively sure it is the house of Peter because of some of the construction methods and uh, some of the other things in there. It's only a stone's throw away, well, if you throw the stone a little harder, uh, from the synagogue that they, they know dates back to the first century as well in Capernaum. So this is a, a literal place, and as you know, they have a glass floor so you can look down into the house of St. Peter, and, and uh, as I did so, I couldn't help but think, that's a really small house. No wonder why, and not, not that this happened at the house of St. Peter, but no wonder why we have where, where there are many people are uh, around and it's not even room around the door. They raise the roof to lower the paralytic down to Jesus because it is really small, cramped houses. And everyone and their uncle wanted to be there, to, to be next to Jesus, to hear him, some wanting to be healed from physical diseases and spiritual diseases. And there's so much work to do that Jesus could have spent a lifetime there. People would have just simply come to him. And so play the game with me, what if? What if Jesus had stayed in Capernaum? Had Jesus, if Jesus had never gone to Jerusalem, had never gone to Judea, had never gone outside of Capernaum, just simply listened to the voices of the people there and dwelt there. What would have happened? Well, taken to an extreme, if he would have never gone to Jerusalem or outside of Capernaum, he probably would have never raised the ire of the Sadducees, the Pharisees, the scribes. He probably would never have been turned over to Herod, to Pilate, to be crucified. And if he's not crucified, he's going to die of old age or boredom. And would we be saved? Because God's will was not just for him to preach to the people of Capernaum. He knew that. He knew that better than anyone else. His, God's will, the Father's will for him was to pre preach and proclaim the gospel to all people. And not only to proclaim the gospel, to, but to make the gospel possible. The gospel that we can be saved. The God the Father loves us and wants us to be saved. And that, of course, comes through the cross. So Jesus does what many would, might think, if you, take it, if you think about it long enough, he does the unthinkable. He tells the people, no, I'm not going to stay with you. You want me to stay, but I'm not going to stay because that's not my job. It's not my mission. He does the unexpected because he knows what is expected of him by God the Father. And the expectations of the people of Capernaum, while it's sad, go unmet. Or except for those that were wise enough to be first in line the night before. Sometimes we, we think that uh, it's the expectations of everyone else that we have to pay attention to. And yes, it's important that we, we not dismiss outright somebody because some, somebody's expectation of us might be the will of God. You as religious sisters know that the expectations your superiors have for you is most likely the will of God unless they're... She's really off that day or whatever. I'm not saying anything in particular. Or for me, under obedience of a bishop or, or the, the equivalent of the bishop, currently, of course, Monsignor Grams, if he has uh, an expectation of me, I need to take it unless, again, 
it's something that really off. I've been thinking about this uh, lately because the trials of uh, the Nuremberg trials, if you uh, studied anything of those, the, a lot of the Nazi soldiers just said, well, we're following directions. We're just following directions. You know, I'm not guilty of anything. Well, they found, found guilty because human nature is such that it seeks to do the right and avoid the wrong. And they were going against what should have been in their conscience, that it's wrong to kill people. So that's where it comes into play. The expectations that others in charge of us have for us sometimes are the will of God, unless it's clear, unjust, or immoral, or just odd. Even then, we have to be careful. I've never, oh, I, I'll take that back. I did have one odd one. Uh, not Bishop Lavore, but uh, another bishop uh, was, was making things and it was rough. And I was told under obedience uh, by my spiritual director the next time the bishop says, ask you to do something, no matter what you are to say, no. So on, I was under obedience when Bishop asked me, You're not too busy to do this, are you? No. <laughs> so, odd, but. But again, back to this. It's not the expectations of the hoi poi, perhaps, but rather the expectations God has for us this day that are most important. And if we're always seeking God's will, in the end, people will begin to understand. To seek God's will above all else, because that is the only expectation we ought to follow, how God loves us, gives us the Savior to save us, and to remind us of what he expects of us.